0: The weather turns colder tips for heading to the sunshine state this holiday season and beyond from the national business aviation association this is flight plan i'm rob finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news and information With temperatures falling across the country, that means one thing. It's snowbird season. And as those in chillier climes head for sunnier conditions further south, and particularly in Florida, that can mean additional delays for business aviation flight crews. To share their insights on what's being done to ease those delays and what business aircraft operators can do to improve their chances of getting where they need to in a timely manner, I'm pleased to welcome back Dean Snell, manager of NBAA Air Traffic Services, on the floor of the FAA's Air Traffic Control System Command Center in Warrenton, Virginia. Also joining us from the ATC-SCC is Jason Rooks, the FAA's National Operations Manager. And Jason, thanks for joining us again on Flight Plan. And before we look at Florida specifically, how is the travel forecast in general shaping up for this winter season so far?
1: I think you're going to see an increase in traffic up and down the East Coast. I think uh, in terms of pre-COVID, post-COVID, the behavior is more normal than it used to be. And I think that uh, as we get away from COVID and the losses to illness that we had previously, you'll see a more normalization traffic flow all up and down that uh, snowbird corridor to and from even the deep Caribbean islands. The place that has not returned to pre-COVID levels is probably the European and uh, Asian markets to and from the East and West Coast. Those numbers haven't rebounded, and I don't know if we'll get back there soon, but Along the East Coast, uh, as it pertains to this discussion, I I think you're going to see a good, uh, robust travel season.
0: I'm sure that's the case for business aviation as well, Dane. Yes,
2: definitely. Um, You know, we're looking at pre-COVID numbers uh, for sure, if not even a little bit higher than than 2019. So we are definitely anticipating, as Jason said, a strong, robust holiday season, especially uh, along that eastern portion of the country uh, to and from uh, Florida and Caribbean.
0: And Jason, the FAA has been hard at work on a host of initiatives in Florida and across the eastern seaboard of the United States to help handle more traffic and to handle it more efficiently. Can you tell us about some of those initiatives and how they will affect air travel to and from Florida this winter?
1: I would say, first, structurally, the big change that's gone on up and down the East Coast is a couple of programs called NECACR, where we readjusted the routing structure along the East Coast. Think of it as, as highways in the sky. We've tried to straighten some of them out, more direct point to point as we move forward. We've also had an initiative called the Florida Metroplex, which I believe will help industry in terms of decent profiles and efficiency into some of those airports. Those were needed and necessary procedural upgrades within the national airspace system that probably had been long overdue. So I do believe you'll see some gains from that. Along the East Coast, additionally, we have now have, uh, I think last we spoke, we didn't have uh, Washington Center Sector 30 open, which is an ultra high. We're still pressure testing uh, that piece of airspace to see what the capacity is and what they can do for throughput. And looking at the behavior of uh, industry in terms of flight plan filings and final altitude filings along the East Coast, hopefully, and and I do have a strategy session coming up with the field facilities, hopefully in advance of routing general aviation traffic around airspace or uh, route out options, Uh, Hopefully, we can maximize that new piece of airspace along the coast and everyone can stay on what they would hope to get normally.
0: Of course, even with these new procedures, we still run into times when bottlenecks do pop up. What are some of the constraints that operators
1: may still experience, Jason? I believe along the East Coast, you'll just see a a sheer volume issue. Uh, One of the things that we do well is we manage southbound volume in terms of route structure, in terms of airspace flow programs, ground delay programs, whatever the initiative is, traveling southbound, we typically have a really, really good handle on it. I think the times that it's become overwhelming in the in the last few years as, as we've really pulled it apart is managing the northbound demand simultaneously coming off the Florida Peninsula or uh, foreign ANSPs. The, the sheer volume is just so much that they get backed up into departure delays. We have to figure out ways to slow the system down. Coming northbound, I think, is the future of where we're going. But that being said, overall, I think what you're going to see, uh, for the most part, is a capacity problem. And so trying to smooth that capacity out, one of the unintended consequences of the Florida Metroplex was we used some of the unused airspace within Jacksonville Center to spread that traffic out. And in doing so, it changed the behavior of how Jacksonville Center works during time periods where they used to be congested on the East Coast, mostly that uh, program spread that traffic out. However, it removed what we call their outs, their natural outs to to push traffic to the West Coast. Well, now that demand is already there. And so we just have to sort of fill in the gaps as to what we're going to do to offset that. And so uh, we're going to look and learn this season. As we move into these new efficiency programs and configurations, and like I said before, they all have to sort of be pressure tested to see what the changes have become. And I believe that this is probably the first year where we're going to have more of a normal season and really get a, an opportunity to, to exercise.
2: I think Jason gave a really good description. And I'll add that you know the three main constraints we saw last spring were weather volume and facility staffing. I think The main constraints this season will be primarily weather and volume with with staffing still being there, but hopefully not as present. You know, we'll see going forward. But volume is definitely, I would say, our most significant constraint with convective season behind us will certainly be dealing with winter issues, but, you know, the warm weather, and pleasant weather conditions in the Florida and the Caribbean is certainly a draw for, for many. You know, we all know the high volume must be managed in the form of required route structure and, when needed, uh, airspace flow programs, indoor terminal initiatives such as ground delay programs or ground stops. And the most common destinations historically down in Florida have been uh, West Palm Beach, PBI, and Naples, APF. For that reason, ground delay programs into those specific airports are most common, especially around the weekends and holidays. On the reverse side, uh, coming back into the Northeast, uh, Teterboro, Morristown, and Westchester, White Plains are historically the airports that need to be managed closely, uh, resulting in ground delay programs and or ground stops on those high volume days. And as I had mentioned, you know, staffing constraints uh, were common in Jacksonville Center last spring, Um, so that adds to to the constraints, but typically whether it be volume and or staffing constraints, uh, airspace flow programs through Jacksonville Center, uh, usually used southbound, are common, uh, especially during those high volume days. And that will manage the throughput through Jacksonville Center. Uh, with Jacksonville Center's location, you pretty much have to go through Jacksonville Center to get to Central or South Florida, both from the north, northwest, and in some cases also from, from the west with the golf routes. Weather is also a player, um, usually more so in the north with winter conditions in the northeast, lowering the arrival and departure rates. So that could push us into a ground delay program at those northeast airports sooner rather than later based on the the reduced rates that we see.
0: You mentioned a few of those busier Florida airports, Dane. Are we still seeing any impacts to those facilities in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian?
2: You know, we haven't heard of any, and certainly we've not seen any reduced rates for those airports. So I I believe the airports uh, have rebounded well. Certainly there's some regions, I believe, uh, infrastructure around the Fort Myers area. There's certainly some some building damage there, but we have not seen it on the airport side. And I think that's a good sign that the infrastructure is going to be fine.
0: More in a moment after this word from NBAA.
2: NBAA Flight Plan listeners, are you getting recognized for your leadership? NBAA now offers certificates and other credentials in safety, sustainability,
0: and more. Visit NBAA.org to apply today. We're back now with Jason Rooks and Dean Snell and our discussion about traveling to and from Florida during the upcoming winter season. And Dean, thinking about those peak travel periods coming up, especially over the holidays, when are the best days for business aviation operators to perhaps avoid those busier times?
2: Historically, the peak days and times are Thursday afternoon, evening, and Friday morning for southbound traffic out of the northeast. And then looking at the northbound, uh, Sunday afternoon, evening, and Monday morning are historically the, the most common days and times that we see the volume tick up. We also noticed certain days during the holiday season, certainly the day after Christmas seems to be extremely popular, December 26th. For those that want to stay home for, for Christmas, that seems to be a very popular day uh, to, to be traveling, especially along the East Coast heading down into Florida and the Caribbean. And then on the reverse side of it, it's typically the Sunday after New Year's Day. The caveat this year is New Year's Day will be on a Sunday, so we're anticipating probably more traffic coming back Monday and or the following weekend. I could add that throughout the winter, we also see a significant demand around uh, Martin Luther King uh, weekend, President's Day weekend. And then in March, there's a number of weeks with spring break that the numbers tick up for sure.
1: From a command center perspective, we view the snowbird season as a little bit longer almost until the end of Easter weekend. We see increased travel most of those weekends as they blend into Snowbird and other things throughout the country. So we we consider it a complete holiday travel season. But uh, timeframes in terms of travel, the only thing I'd add to what Dean said is during COVID, with a lot of telework agreements in place and people staying home, what we actually saw was the traffic spread out. So instead of the travel day being Thursday, it became Wednesday. And so that peak demand that you saw on a Thursday or a Friday morning sort of lessened. So you were busy and steady most of the time, but you didn't have that spike. So it'll be interesting from Command Center's perspective and and probably the user community also, do we go back to a more traditional stable Thursday, Friday travel, everybody's coming home on Sunday night, if not early Monday morning? and uh, see what that behavior is again. This is all sort of uncharted and new.
0: Jason, I know another factor when we talk of traveling from the Northeast and down the coast is the impact from TFRs over Wilmington, Delaware, when President Biden's in town.
1: Well, unfortunately for general aviation and business travel community, that has had a significant impact. If you look at the last two VIPs, they have been from the Northeast Corridor or reside down in, in a busy travel destination area like a a Palm Beach. Uh, I think the difference, though, is the impact going northbound for the GA and business community is more significant due to the complexity and the route structure up in that corridor, everything being so close together, the arrival and departure course being so narrow, and then having to go around. Unfortunately, for Mars Town, Caldwell Airport's You can't fly your normal route, let's say, through uh, Washington Center and then maybe make a left turn above the D.C. metros into New York and even tighten that route up because of the arrival and departure corridors in and out of New York City from the west. So the, the struggle has been. We've actually had to take guys all the way around Washington Center, uh, up through Indianapolis, into Cleveland before they can turn for home, getting into that market up there. And it's a significant fuel cost, fuel savings type of deal if you were to be able to follow your normal route versus what they're currently on. But due to security parameters, uh, dealing with the Secret Service and the military, the associated military caps for that type of movement it's it's been a challenge for that community for the uh, general aviation business community
0: dean i'm sure those situations make for eventful days for the air traffic services team as well
2: yes i would just add a few other particulars and primarily it is the traffic heading into Teterbro, morristown caldwell from the south And, and the reason for that is the jake arrival which is the common star that is used for arrivals from the south into those airports is not available as it it goes right through the TFR. So the only route options available are either that route up through Indian Cleveland Center, as Jason had mentioned, uh, which adds a significant mileage and the, the deep water waters route. And now the waters route while still adding miles will be less miles than the route up through Cleveland Center. So for those aircraft that are equipped and can do the deep water routes, that tends to be a better route option into Teterboro and Morristown uh, when that TFR is active. We also have noticed that sometimes the TFR will extend into Monday morning. So that's something to keep an eye on as it, it could go well into Sunday evening that these required reroutes are in
0: place. Something else that's impacted routes up and down the Florida coast has been the increased cadence of launches from Cape Canaveral. Like many, I stayed up late recently to watch the Artemis 1 launch, and I also took a look at flight tracking sites for that area. I could not believe the volume of traffic there was along the coast at a quarter to two in the morning, and you could see how it was all being rerouted around that huge chunk of closed airspace.
2: Yes, the Artemis launch surely had the most airspace effect that I have seen with the space launch. And with it being the the first launch of Artemis, you know, I I think that was done to certainly make sure that the airspace that's needed was protected. Most of the um, launches off of Cape Canaveral, they certainly do shut airspace off, but it's nowhere near the significant amount of airspace that we saw with Artemis. The most common loss of airspace is the AR routes to central and uh, southwest Florida. With that going very near the Cape, those routes are commonly closed during space launches. And all of those required routes and airway closures are put out via FAA uh, advisories from the command center so that aircraft will be notified beforehand that those routes will be shut down so they can look at alternate routes uh, to get to that portion of Florida.
1: I think NBA does a great job and organizations like that briefing the uh, business community and the general aviation community all up and down the East Coast because that stuff is very confusing. And as we get better and better at it, hopefully we can streamline the process, one, to make it more efficient, and two, so that everyone has a better understanding of what's going on up and down the East Coast. I don't believe that we're as efficient as we can be with it. But there again, hopefully we get more nighttime launches, things like that over the middle of the night, something less impactful. So when those route closures do impact uh, the flying public as a whole, all of that stuff gets pushed to the overland routes over Jacksonville. And that really becomes the choke point in terms of uh, just a sheer capacity issue. And that's when you see the delays and initiatives going to place to support Jacksonville center.
0: What additional insights or advice would you like to share with business aviation operators, Jason, as they make plans to head to Florida over the next few months?
1: I would say my biggest thing is they have the opportunity to dictate when they travel more so than uh, anyone else. And I would take the time out to examine when are the gaps in volume that they could best utilize to, one, file an efficient route that works for them in advance of any initiative slowing them down or adding uh, extra mileage or time or fuel to their to their route structure. But be flexible would be my thing. Take an extra day or leave earlier, whatever the customer wants to have an overall good experience. That's what I see. Traveling at peak times is really to no one's benefit in this case. So I know it's a little bit out of the box, but that's where I would go.
0: Dean, as Jason noted, it seems a bit counterintuitive, but if business aviation travelers can fly during those off-peak periods, it sounds like that may go a long way toward improving the odds of an uneventful trip.
2: Yeah, and I know that's not always possible based on your customer wishes, so if you do fly during those peak times, just pretty much be aware that delays are likely during those peak times, so maybe letting your uh, passengers know that this is uh, a common time for for traffic uh, to be on the heavy side and we might experience some delays. What I see quite often, um, especially on northbound flights on Sundays, is if you are able to leave earlier in the day on Sunday, you avoid a lot of that peak traffic because it really starts picking up Sunday afternoon, yeah, early evening into the Northeast. So that is definitely an area where I see you could help yourself uh, by leaving just a little earlier on Sunday. Some of the other initiatives that we see during Snowbird are for folks that are going into the Caribbean. And a very common initiative we see is an airspace flow program in the Southern portion of Miami Center, going into the Caribbean. This is most common on the weekends as traffic picks up. We also commonly see an airspace flow program, managing arrivals into providenciales in the Turks and Caicos, uh, and that is very common on the weekends. The other item you might wanna make sure you keep an eye on is looking at the NOTAMs to make sure that the general aviation parking is available. We've seen at St. Martin, uh, the general aviation uh, parking constraints actually End up in a ground stop for Saint Martin, even as aircraft are airborne and heading in that direction. So, so those can be uh, quite trying for for flight crews, and it's something to to be uh, aware of and in, in monitoring those NOTAMs to make sure. Um, the other quick item is during uh, the Thanksgiving period, and. The period between um, Christmas and New Year's, we do get utilization of the harp routes. Uh, the harp routes are routes and airspace that is commonly used by the military that they will give to the civilian flight operators, allowing them to open up more airspace along the mid Atlantic region off the Virginia coast. Uh, That gives us a little more airspace, a little more room during those peak times. And uh, that those routes will be utilized both northbound and southbound during those weeks.
0: If your travels take you to Florida, ski country, or anywhere else this winter, NBAA Air Traffic Services works to assist business aircraft operators in their flights across the national airspace system and to ensure equitable access to airports and airspace. Learn more at nbaa.org forward slash ATS. And NBAA's weather resource at nbaa.org forward slash weather offers a wealth of information about operating through winter and other adverse weather conditions. So be sure to check that out, too, before your next flight in the cold, snow and ice. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all flight plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan.